gliding shapes that violate every law of nature. It's the Horror Foria Podcast. Hi, can I help you? John Richards and Andy Gilly are talking everything and anything horror movies. Welcome to the Horror Foria Podcast. It is Friday, June 14th, episode number 16. I'm John Richards. And Andy Gilly here. I was thinking. I was trying to think of a cool nickname for you because you're now the executive, pro- executive producer, producer yeah. of the uh, Horrorphoria podcast. So yes. I was thinking, Exec Pro Andrew. Uh, I, yeah, that sounds great. I, I love that. Like if we want to have some fun, I mean, Exec Pro. <laughs> sure, exec Pro. And it sounds important, right? Yeah, it is. Uh, you want vacation? That's why we had to do the podcast yeah. uh, last week. Again, mm-hmm. I want to thank Rob from uh, Straight Chillin' Podcast. They give us a little love on his uh, Godzilla episode. So uh, yeah. I hope to have him back soon. Yeah, he was great. I Talk, enjoyed t- talking to him. Talking about movies. You had vacation. What did you guys do? Yeah, I uh, went up uh, to Michigan and uh, hung out out there for a couple of days. Went to Lake Superior, uh, did some other things. So it was, it was fun. We had, we had a nice time. Yeah, I uh, I've been working. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you've been working the whole time. I, I've okay. been moving too. So <laughs> that's um, right. You had to. Oh, that was yeah. Yeah, that's always fun. I, I love was that. feeling that one. By the way, uh, we got <laughs> yeah, a it lot. Got nice and hot for you too when you were. It moving. was. Yeah, yeah that's, that was great. <laughs> well, today here in uh, Wisconsin, it's rainy and cool. So I mean, right. this this is kind of a bipolar weather front for us right it's now. It's just buddy. a bipolar weather state. It is. It actually is. Uh, horror movie news. Horror we're, movie we're news. Packed. Yeah, we do actually have a lot of stuff today. Three from Hell trailer out this week. Uh, just a te- teaser trailer, so we didn't see a whole lot. But uh, zombie fans are a little crazy for anything from this movie, so we had some good reactions to it on our Facebook page at uh, Horrorphoria. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ghostbusters 3, not officially the title, but what everyone is calling it, uh, which is going to follow the continuity of the first two and not the very po- very polarizing 2016 reboot, which I saw and thought was all right, uh, has signed Sigourney Weaver to star as Dana Barrett. Uh, Jason Reitman, the director, has said that the film is uh, to be released in 2020. will feature more puppets and mechanicals than CGI. I think that sounds pretty cool. Yeah, I'm actually excited about that. I yeah. mean, because I know that Bill Murray is going to be back, right? I think so. Right? Yeah, it's it's going to follow continuity of the first two, so I uh, should have all those guys in it, I think. I hope so. It should be pretty cool. And I always like it when I hear uh, more of uh, practical effects and CGI, so that'll be cool. The trailer to Doctor Sleep, the sequel to The Shining starring Ian McGregor, is out and up on horrorfory.com. You can check that out. I'm a little, I'm a little iffy on that because I watched it. Yeah. It was decent. Mm-hmm. Uh, it started out really cool because it had the red rum thing. Yes. Like he had a chalkboard, and then yeah. all of a sudden, smash, and then red rum. And I'm like, that's the most memorable part. Yeah. And the, here's Johnny. <laughs> yeah, and I, and I guess uh, if you if you go back and watch that, the mirror that he's looking to by the red rum thing is the mirror from Oculus. If you've seen that movie, it's a de- it. it's no. a decent like haunted mirror movie. It's kind of cool. The Dead Don't Die, a Star Pack zombie movie starring Bill Murray and Adam Driver, opened last night. Uh, not sure I'm going to see that in the theater. Uh, maybe I have a responsibility to do that as a horror movie podcaster. I don't know. I, don't know. <laughs> I mean, again, you know, the, the more you reboot or the retread the zombie genre, because I'm yeah. with you. I mean, there's there's very zombie few that movie, actually yeah. do right. well with it. Right. It looks funny. I'll, I'll probably wait for it to come out. Blumhouse, which is how you say that. Blumhouse. Plum. Yes. Okay. You say it like Plum. I, I saw uh, Rob from Straight Chillin keyed me into that. Uh, so thank you, Rob. Uh, <laughs> is remaking Black Christmas, a 1974 slasher classic in which a group of sorority girls are stalked by a stranger. Spoiler alert, he's calling from inside the house. Yeah. Yeah, the original <laughs> so, was great from 74. Yeah. They did a remake. Yeah, in like 2006 oh, or something, it was terrible. Yeah, yeah that was that was bad. I, I don't know why you want to redo that. Uh, well, uh, I think Bloom also do it right if they do it. Blumhouse, sorry, said Blum. it again. <laughs> Blumhouse, sorry, <Yeah>. Rob. 
<laughs> Glenn Danzig's Veronica premiered last night in Chicago. The singer's first foray into filmmaking was not very well received by a bloody disgusting.com reviewer who said, maybe now people will start being kinder to movies of Rob Zombie. <laughs> <laughs> it's only of note, really, because I'm a big Danzig fan, which shouldn't really even be in here. Uh, in a recent interview about the sequel to his A Quiet Place film, Brian Tyree Henry talked about how there may be more about the origins of monsters in A Quiet Place 2 scheduled for a May 2020 release. He said, I think that we're going to get a few answers about the origin of where and how this whole thing happened. I think that people want to know that. But I think you're just going to see another side of it, more of humanity that survived this thing in his next story. I think it's pretty lame. I really don't want to see uh, an origin story about those things. I think what was cool about Quiet Place was, you know, uh, that you really didn't know much about them. They were That was why they were scared. This That's is, exactly right. Like, mm-hmm. to me, it's just that Hollywood does this way too many times. I mean, yeah. you take like, and I'll go to like a guy like Jordan Peele. He, he's unique. You know, he's a total horror movie fan and he's unique because he always wants to come up with, with a different uh, storyline. But I think with him, he's got the formula of a social commentary on something. Right, right. You and know, that was great. And... and but we didn't know why we didn't know everything about why they were down there and all that. He he kind of gave us a vague idea, and he didn't spend the whole time explaining all of that. Right. And we didn't he didn't need to. And the same thing happened in Quiet Quiet Place. We didn't need to know that. Well, you and know? Hereditary too. I mean, it was, <sighs> it's just like all these movies that came out were were brilliant and mm-hmm. and darn you Hollywood for, for ruining <laughs> right. this you don't need yep. to yep it's like Boba Fett just yeah. leave it mysterious please I don't there need any go. whole explanation on it. anyway uh, horror movie trivia got one I do have one for all you. right and it ties in with our state of Wisconsin oh really okay name three of the five horror movies that are inspired by Wisconsin serial killer Ed Gein Texas Chainsaw Massacre that is one um oh uh I'm blanking it now. Why? why um, we've talked about. We've talked about probably both of them. All three of them. All three of them. I'm sure. Get, just give them to me. I'm blanking. From 1960, Psycho. Oh yeah. Okay. From that 1974, was. the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yes. From 1991, The Silence of the Lambs, and the ones that you probably <sighs> wouldn't have that. gotten. From 1974, Deranged Confessions of a Necrophile. And from 1980, Motel Hell. Motel Hell is a great movie. I love that movie. Yep, exactly. The guy with the pig. Actually, we put we put a graph uh, a picture from Motel Hell up on the Facebook a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. That guy with the pig head. That was awesome. <laughs> that was I fantastic. loved it. Okay, my horror movie trivia is about the movie we're going to talk about today, Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. Mm -hmm. Henry's car, which is a green 1970 Chevrolet Impala Sport Coupe, features these two bumper stickers. What are they? You know, I didn't pay that close attention. I don't know why I noticed this, but... Um, Has to... uh, Like, maybe a sports team? Like, Bears and Cubs. (laughs) Uh, He doesn't like the Bears. I think that's pretty clear in the movie. Uh, One is a state farm insurance uh, uh, sticker, which is certainly not a corporate marketing tie-in in in this movie. Ah. (laughs) And then one is one that says, uh, the moose is loose. And I assume that's like from a radio station, probably, right? Uh, Probably. It's probably from like the loop or something down there. I'm not sure what. (laughs) It says the moose is loose on the the back of Henry's uh, green 1970 Chevrolet Ballot Sport Group. Excellent. 
So, uh, so we're going to talk about Henry's portrait of a serial killer today. I rewatched this movie. Uh, I saw it. Oh, wait, one more uh, thing. Yeah, go ahead. I needed to call you out on your uh, trivia oh, question from last okay, week. Oh, okay, yes. Uh, uh, what did I do? The Vinegar Syndrome movie. I forgot the name of it. What was uh, it? it was uh, um, Night Beast. Night Beast. Yeah. And, and mm-hmm. you said that somebody got an accolade, a famous actor. And yeah, what okay. was the answer? It was it was J.J. Abrams. He's and definitely not an actor. He is a Did what? I say that? He's a director. He's he's definitely not an actor. He's a uh, director. I think he produces things, yeah. too. Uh, yeah, he's not an actor. Sorry about that. I, uh, yeah, well, I'm, I had to call you out. Yeah, you're yeah. the professional broadcaster. You know, you, you, I'm sure you'd never say anything wrong. on. on oh, never. <laughs> never, ever. I never do. No, okay, good. Continuing right. on. Okay. Henry Portrait. Yeah, Henry Portrait is a serial killer. I saw this movie back when I was 19, and I hated it. Uh, yeah. I just... Uh, and I'll get into that, get, get into why. I rewatched it recently uh, after you said we were going to talk about it today. Uh, it is, you, you're going to be real surprised at what I give this movie. It's, it's, uh, it is a classic, a very underappreciated and, um, uh, you know, underrated classic, I think. I think, and I'm in agreement with this because before we get into it, spoiler alert, warning that uh, we are going to talk about the movie in its entirety. Right. So if you don't want to know what happens at the end, Pause the podcast, go watch it, come back to it, and then you can hear our discussion about it. Um, right. it. It, to me, is one of the most underrated movies ever and needs to be on anybody's must-watch list. Oh, that's, that's absolutely right. I mean, in thinking about it after I, after I watched it, it, it really... It's so different and and uh, does things. Um, it just makes you think a different way about horror and the kind of movies that we do watch. It really says something about them. It does. It's, and you you also said when you fir- when we first mentioned the movie is that with your idea of a killer was somebody with the claw glove or, oh yeah. or a machete yeah or a butcher knife. Well, but- sure. I, I thought of these serial killers as like. People who are complex, conniving, geniuses like Hannibal Lecter, Buffalo Bill. Uh, and I guess I wanted to see some kind of cat and mouse game with a detective trying to outsmart them. Um, and I wanted to see something different from my horror back then, I guess. I, I think, you know, it, it didn't, it wasn't where this get, this is very aptly titled. It's a portrait of a serial killer. Mm-hmm. And I guess, you know, McNaughton said that he was just going to call the movie Henry. And, um, I think the producers made him add the subtitle to it, but I think the the subtitle is so it's genius because it is what the movie is. It's a portrait of a serial. It's almost like a reality show that's following this guy Henry. It is, and and what it you know it shows some mundane stuff going on in his life, and then it shows you know these other things that he's doing that are just crazy. So yeah, it's actually loosely based off of an actual serial killer from texas henry right. lee lucas right to him an oddest tool oddest yeah yep mm-hmm. and uh you know basically it the roles are kind of reversed because oddest was the one with the with the tragic story or right. tragic background whereas in this movie uh john mcnaughton like andy said is the director from 1986 uh made henry have the tragic backstory right. of kind of why he became the way he became they didn't right. delve into that a lot but it was really, really good. I watched, uh, and I highly recommend getting Shutter if you don't have it already. Shutter yeah. is, is like the the dream streaming service of any horror movie fan. So I got to see the actual original film, yes. and then I saw Joe, Joe Bob Riggs, The Last Drive, and he because he yeah. throws commentary in between. Does the some movie. commentary in between? Yeah, you're right. Um, he started it out saying. You know, this movie was rated X because not necessarily of the content, right? But the 
subject matter uh, or, 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 or the substance of the movie. And I agree. He brought up yeah. uh, uh, Indiana Jones Temple of Doom. Love that movie. He mm-hmm. said, how can you watch a, a, a psychopath put your hand into somebody's chest cavity and pull out a heart and show a heart right. beating and set it on fire and that gets a PG rating and you show some questionable content and you give yeah. it an X rating. Yeah. I mean, for the majority of the movie, you don't actually see him kill anyone. You see his victims and yeah. the aftermath of what he's done. Mm-hmm. But I think the subject matter is so jarring that, uh, it, and it was like, like when I, it was the first time, the first time I watched it, I felt the same way. I felt, wow, this is, uh, this is really just sinister what I'm watching here. Mm-hmm. And, and it's because John McNaughton has done such a good job of kind of presenting this, uh, Th- these themes and and uh, it's a totally different look at uh, at this kind of film, uh, and there isn't um, you know there isn't somebody come riding in to save the day. There isn't somebody coming to uh, to stop him. You know he's doing this stuff and getting away with it. And it's not because he's some genius or something. It's it's uh, kind of the way serial killers are. You know? Yeah, I, I it, the perfect it, this was made on a hundred thousand dollar budget and shot in thirty days in Chicago mm-hmm. in the suburbs of Chicago. And they're going. I mean, you could tell too mm-hmm. with a hundred thousand dollar budget, they basically have a steady cam and they're walking through the streets of right. downtown Chicago. And it, it, you could tell that. But I think that's what made it more gritty, more more just real like you said it it really is a portrait uh joe bob actually said it's like a film noir rather than a horror movie sure and it is sure i mean there's nudity there's there's some violence and blood but it's not it's nothing with what you've seen today and there were worse movies back in the mid 80s that sure, showed there were. a lot absolutely. more absolutely and i it is it is not the it just isn't the gore or the you know the way the violence is it's it's the um, thematics of it. It's it's just the way it's presented. I think is such a uh, different, jarring way from from what uh, like a gory horror film back then. Any film now, there's I can't I can't think of many films that are like it. I don't. I've never seen this monster one with uh, Charlie's Throne. I don't know if you ever saw that or not, but I, oh, I've heard that's Eileen kind of a, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, no, I, I haven't that. I haven't seen that either. But uh, I I I haven't seen. Uh, anything like it and I think that was what really got it the X rating was that uh, someone I guess came up to McNaughton after the uh, showing and they said you can't do this you know referring to the fact that you know henry gets away with it basically oh, at yeah. the end you know and he's, oh, there's yeah, nothing yeah. really yeah i did and joe bob actually right. brought that up did too he? Okay. He, yeah he talked about you know because it doesn't have the form formula that hollywood is looking for is you know there's a beginning there's the uh there's the struggle and then right. there's that satisfying ending or right. or, or, or that Hollywood ending. And right. this didn't have it. It does not. <laughs> exactly. And we'll get into that a little bit. But let's talk about the character Michael Rooker plays, Henry. Sure. Um I couldn't think of a better person to play this. Oh, he was he was awesome in it. Yeah. Michael Rooker to me, um I kind of showed a different side of him because I, I didn't I wasn't familiar with him and the other movies you see, he's kind of just a brash kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Where in this movie he's, he's somewhat charming, you know. Sure. And, he, he's not. Yeah. He's not a brilliant guy. I mean, no. he's a, he's a he's just looking for work anywhere. He's doing Joe jobs wherever he can right. as an exterminator, painter. I assume mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. fixing carpet, cleaning carpets, and um, you know, just looking for work wherever he can. But he still has that that feeling of what you picture a serial killer of being able to charm somebody. Right. Rather, they don't feel intimidated by him. Yeah. 
Uh, and that's through most of the movie that he's like, oh, okay. So it's just a regular, a guy you wouldn't even pay attention to. I think Joe Bob exactly. said that. A guy you wouldn't even pay attention to. Or, or, or if somebody says that guy's a serial killer, you go, what guy? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. I don't know. I thought Michael Rooker was perfect. <laughs> He 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 does. He portrays that that way. But there's also like a social awkwardness there that yep. that like it's like, whoa, there's something there's something, you know, kind of sinister in there, too. And he, and he does a really good job because, yeah, you're right. If you saw this guy in the street, you wouldn't notice him from anybody. You wouldn't. Yeah, you'd look right through him. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's it's the job he does of of uh, when he's not talking or, you know, the way he's. um kind of portraying himself to other people not portraying himself but the way he's acting around other people things that they you wouldn't even notice uh it, it, it it's just like an awkwardness that he has that would be present in somebody who might do something like this you know mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I thought that was brilliant too now i guess that you know this didn't get released for until 1990 and it got made in what what is the date on it actually 86 87 yeah. so uh yeah so for four years and i heard it was the producers actually that uh, they didn't like the fact that it didn't follow kind of the formulaic mm-hmm. Lake Hollywood. Uh, they they asked McNaughton to make a horror film, I guess. Right. And uh, wasn't he going to make like a, uh, I heard that he was going to make like a documentary or something. It turned into this. Like the producers wanted to create a documentary. Yeah. I think on wrestling or something like that, wasn't it? <laughs> and and, and it. they're like, all right, you know what? Just make a horror movie. And I, I think they expected something like, Friday the 13th or, you know, whatever was popular at the time. And he came up with this, um, you know, kind of a, it was a, it's a, a, it says something about the violence in movies, I think, is Mm -hmm. is what he was trying to do. And uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I I do see that. I I think with this movie, though, um, you know, it it took the formula of, of focusing on the serial killer or the. God, he was almost like an anti-hero a little bit. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, the way they intertwine in such a low budget, having three characters in a movie, that's it. Yeah. You know, th- that to me was phenomenal. I, I love the fact because uh, Otis is played by, I forgot his name, and, and the sister of Otis played, forgot her name. Yeah, so Otis is played by Tom Towles, Ta- I think yeah, his you've name seen is. Him in so you, he's you, been in some like, other oh, stuff. Oh, that right. guy. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Rooker and who, who was there? and then uh, Becky is uh, Tracy Arnold who after this she uh, I think she was in a couple more maybe one or two other things mm-hmm. and then just kind of disappeared I guess she does a lot of social work or something now so well and in the movie she just she starts falling for Henry right mm-hmm. so so it's basically like you know she's falling for the wrong guy He's well, receptive and and you know it's because like men have treated her so poorly in her life she was a dancer mm-hmm. you know uh, and uh her you know otis is her own brother and he's you know uh, a pervert uh, yeah exactly he's he's uh trying to molest her and stuff and and uh henry actually stops him from doing that mm-hmm. so i think this is the only guy who's ever you know protected her uh mm-hmm. and not tried to victimize her it, ironically is is henry mm-hmm. uh of course until the end <laughs> well, there you go we'll get to that <laughs> yeah. but it's just interesting the way it progresses you know i mm-hmm. obviously uh, Otis, the Otis character, is a deviant through the whole movie. I oh, mean, yeah. He's a drug mm-hmm. dealer. He went to yep. he went to prison because of that. Ends up meeting Henry at the same prison. Uh, you know they they have a place together. The sister comes in, you know, and and I I forgot what caused. Oh no no, no I, I remember what it was. They they picked up some um, ladies of the night. Yeah, that's right. And 
uh, it, that's all where it started because they're in some back alley. Henry ends up twisting and breaking a girl's neck and the other one's screaming. He breaks the other one. Mm-hmm. Otis doesn't know what to think of it, but they go get a burger and he goes, you want some fries? And right. Otis was all aboard. Right. Mm-hmm. He kind of, uh, that was his way to make things normal for him again or whatever. And he, and he did that uh, with Becky too, I think later uh, at, at some point. He, mm-hmm. um, you know, he, he uh, brings this uh, like normal thing and, and it's like, well, yeah, we killed somebody, but everything's whatever. It's, <laughs> right. you know, we had it, some fries. And that's that, that was another thing. I mean, it's it's just... The normalcy of what these people, these serial killers go through life, you know, it's exactly. just like, uh, hey, I got to go brush my teeth. Oh, hey, I got to twist somebody's head off and then and then <laughs> right. I'm going to go make my lunch for work. Exactly. And I think it really did a good job of portraying that. There's this like mundane stuff going on. He's buying he's going to buy some coffee or whatever. And then he, you know, goes off and uh, picks somebody up and murders. Them, you know, <laughs> so it, it and, I, and I, you know, this when you read accounts of how this really happens, it's kind of the way these people behave. Yeah. You know, they do act very normal. They are charming. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there is this like awkwardness to them that, uh, you know, that you you wouldn't notice and i think it, rooker really just played this part perfectly i i don't think there is anybody who could have done this better and um like i said it took till 1990 to release it i think i i heard they were you know showing tapes of it around hollywood and i think that's how he got a lot of the work that he did in the 90s yeah and that's how he became rowdy burns and days of thunder i don't know mm-hmm. but, but <laughs> Yeah, McNaughton actually did Wild Things and Mad Dog and Glory. He had a couple other movies. Yeah, that he ended I, up doing. Wild Things is the only one that I've really seen of his. I think. Um, yeah, that one. But that uh, was just more of a teenage. Yeah, I it was. That one it movie. Was, uh-huh. <laughs> no, I think with this movie though, and and we'll get to the end here in just a little bit. Um, this does not need to be remade. I, oh, absolutely. It, it yeah. needs to be seen by mm-hmm. horror movie fans because mm-hmm. again, Michael Rucker, Rooker or whatever his name is, is mm-hmm. just. He's great. I mean, right. I was so I was so impressed, and it it does show exactly. That's exactly when because you said you're you're um, interested in the story of of a serial killer. Not mm-hmm. not that you think that what they do is right, but no, right. you, know, you find it interesting. And Absolutely. this shows exactly. I mean, I don't know how much maniac because I still haven't seen that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how similar these two are. It was, so Maniac is a little more, I think it's a little more sensational. You know, there's a little bit more uh, of the, uh, he's he's not portrayed. I think they try to, you know, he goes on a date with uh, with this lady and they try to show that he's like, could can blend in with normal society and stuff. But it's, it's a little more uh, flashy and sensational, I think, you know, and, mm-hmm. and there's a little bit more of this uh, where Henry is this like quiet guy. He's not going on these like, crazy rants he doesn't go on like a uh this weird soliloquy where he where he shows how crazy he is or anything like that Mm -hmm. the only time you really know that he's you know off is when he's murdering people Mm -hmm. otherwise he's a very kind of boring mundane guy well yeah and we'll we'll go back to that is is that because like andy said they don't show necessarily for most of it they don't show what he's doing no but but you get this this after sound effect thing as as they're panning to the victim mm-hmm. of you know i'm going to kill you and people screaming and stuff right. like that and then what the aftermath looks like right. but but it's all mm-hmm. audio yeah. so i i think that was oh it's super effective yeah. the score was 
excellent. Uh, that, yeah, that, that was guy named too. Robert McNaughton did it. So I know how he's re- maybe obviously he's probably related to John somehow. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. He's done some other uh, uh, scores, uh, mostly for serial killer movies. I think there was actually an Ed Gein one that he he did. <laughs> uh, but uh, I I, don't, I wasn't really able to uh, figure out what the connection between him and John was. I don't know if he's related to him at all or, or what. But uh, the internet didn't really say, at least in the corners I was looking in. But uh, the score is is great to this movie too. It's I, it's a real there's a synth. Uh, and that and that drone that they have when they're showing his victims mm-hmm. is really ominous, and it really adds something to that scene. You know, to I, those I, scenes. Yeah, where they show that, I think throughout the movie, it's absolutely because it's so simple. I mean, it's it's almost like it's comparable to Halloween as far as the score. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, um, I think so. It's it's just very. There's not a lot to it. It's got kind of that electronica to it uh, from the '80s, but it's just. And Joe Bob actually pointed it out i didn't really listen to it and then when he said something in the beginning of the movie like chills went up my back and i just mm-hmm. went whoa okay yeah. so I, I heard it and you know that's why i like having discussions or seeing what other people feel about it because they right. point out things that i didn't see for me mm-hmm. when i'm reviewing a movie because you're very analytical and that's a great thing because you can you can find these nuances to these movies like for me it's just i'm there just for the entertainment you like mm-hmm. it for the entertainment but you also like to dive into it <laughs> sure so that is kind of what i do yeah yeah and, and and you know joe bob bringing that up and and watching his version of it when he's doing the commentary i i it brought it to light for me mm-hmm. so if you're going to watch this movie make sure you just you also listen listen yeah. to the the score of this and it's it's going to add the enjoyment of the movie i think I think the even the opening credits, you know, the music that's playing in the open credit opening credits, and then it says Henry there. It's 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 ominous, you know. It's It's like you're going to see something that is not like what you're what you're used to seeing when when you see this. You know, when I'm thinking about it, I think the scene that probably got them the X rating more than anything else, also, and maybe if it was cut out, they would have been able. And McNaughton was very. you know, he, he was very uncompromised. He wasn't going to cut anything out of this right. movie, which was just very smart because every component of this movie is necessary to make it what it is, mm-hmm. uh, is the home invasion scene. It's, yeah. a, it's a tough one to watch. Mm-hmm. It, and and there, it, like I said, there's no cavalry coming in to save the day here. They, they are torturing a innocent family mm-hmm. and they're doing it on uh, a VHS recorder that they, they killed this, uh, this guy who deals in, uh, in stolen uh, electronics or whatever killed this guy took the uh like a vhs camcorder from the 80s one that you put like a i, guess, I think it was betamax actually Might have been. I, saw, I saw it on there uh and, and they recorded themselves killing this this family so it was almost like a found footage type scene and you know the worst part about it hmm. is they went back home and watched it like they were watching a baseball the, game yeah absolutely that was that was like a just a that was a that was a scary scene in it when they're sitting there watching it exactly yeah, they're just sitting there you know drinking a beer watching mm-hmm. it oh this is this is our work i mean this movie is is good I, and mcnaughton you're oh. right he actually he he was on um, last drive-in and he, and he got so much pressure from hollywood that I, I he he got to a point to where he didn't want to cut it because they were going to cut most of the movie yeah right what would be like <laughs> yeah and it would just be like some of the scenes and and the sounds and you'd have sure. to reshoot and this yeah. guy had a hundred thousand dollar budget had to shoot it over 30 days 
And he goes, no, I'm not going to. It's going to ruin the integrity of the movie. And I'm glad he did that. Uh, me too. I, I think being uncompromising like that kept this movie as good as it, as it is. It would no, be nowhere near. It requires every single scene in this movie to be the movie that it is. And if you had cut anything out of it, it, you wouldn't have the effectiveness. It wouldn't uh, have the punch that it does. No. Uh, and I think because uh, you brought something up during our extreme podcast uh, with Sarah in here talking about a Serbian film that that later down the line or a few years later, this this that movie is going to get another look and people aren't going right. to like discredited as just being, you know, torture porn. Exactly. It's going to be an important yeah. movie. Like to me, this is an important movie. This is. I almost want to call it groundbreaking. Something that you've I think never it, seen I think before. that's a very fair assessment of it. Groundbreaking is absolutely a word for it. How about when uh, when they come when Becky and uh, um, uh, Henry come back from to home and uh, Otis is sitting there watching the video in slow motion. He's like passed out on the couch and it's playing in slow motion. Yep that that is a that is an insane scene. Yeah, it, and it, yeah, and basically Otis is like the the uh, you know the. What's the word? Mentor. Henry's the mentor, and then Otis is kind of like his lackey. Sure. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that dynamic was worked really well between those two characters. Absolutely. Um, and then, like you said, uh, Otis goes a little too far with his sister, and Henry right. stops it. Right. And I think that's really the only justice there is in this movie yeah. <laughs> if there's any justice it's that it's when henry uh kills otis yeah it, it for for you know raping his sister babe for ra- raping otis's sister he kills otis for doing that yep. and uh yeah that's really the only kind of redeeming uh thing I don't want to say redeeming thing in the movie, but the only redeeming action that's portrayed in the movie, yep. I think. You know? Yeah, exactly. So. And like you said, there, there's no Calvary. There's nobody that's going to come after Henry because he, right. he says in the movie is that you never do it the same way. Right. You always do it different. Right. And you know, if you're going to use a butcher knife, don't use it next time. Use a bat. Mm-hmm. If you use a bat, use a gun. Um, and Otis, uh, you know, he really isn't a mentor to Otis because Otis is, uh, I forget what was going on, but he wanted to kill someone. And Henry's like, you, you've you been seen with that guy. You can't kill him. You know, so it, it's like just totally random people they're killing here. Yep. So so what they do is they go out and, and kill someone randomly. He's like, doesn't that feel better? You know, so they find somebody to kill it some totally innocent person to kill because they're angry at another person so yeah, absolutely it's uh well it ends yeah, up it's crazy um nobody nobody's there to save the day you know like andy said the only redeeming or or the only revenge you see is henry kills otis because of what he did and all of a sudden yeah so becky sister. becky yeah. sees that yeah so she's got to go too yeah <laughs> and uh yeah the final scene is uh your mouth is my mouth is just wide open when I when I first saw this. He's he's throwing a uh, some luggage into a ditch, and it's assumed that Becky's in there. Yep. So that's how that's how the movie ends. It basically, yep. he kills Becky, puts her in a suitcase, some random road in Illinois, tosses her out in the middle of nowhere, and movie wraps. Right. Right. And Henry is still running around free. <laughs> right. Now there was a Henry's the Portrait of a Serial Killer too. It did not have Rooker in it. I've never seen it. I, I remember seeing it on the uh, VHS shelves back oh at uh, Blockbuster or whatever in the '90s, but uh, Hell, never never tried that one. But uh, apparently they do 
tell more of the story in that uh, in that particular sequel. So uh, see, they didn't have to. So yeah. scores. So I got a lot to explain about my score here. Um, we have time. I'm not sure that. Uh, you know, this movie is very different. No justice in it. Uh, it's a little bit like watching a movie, but a guy who like works all the time, never gets ahead, scrapes by to get the credit for a loan, starts a business, and that business goes under. Mm-hmm. You know, there's really nothing. Uh, that kind of thing happens. It's very real. Uh, but is it something I really want to watch a movie about, or do I want to watch a movie about, you know, like uh, somebody who gets ahead and, and is a success story, you know? So it, it it's... Uh, McNaught said this was about de-glorifying violence and it definitely does a great job of taking violence and making it repellent um i mean if you have someone come in on their white stallion and kill these guys when they're doing the home invasion or something uh yeah that would have been relieving to watch but it would not have accomplished what mcnaughton is trying to do there Mm -hmm. uh this is not the kind of movie i want to watch all the time uh not really the way i want to see the world but it did really make me think about the way i enjoy movie violence uh it was extremely well done and um evoked all sorts of emotions i think it was very unsettling um very apt depiction of a serial killer it doesn't romanticize or glorify that which i think hollywood and american culture tend to do Mm -hmm. um you know uh making these guys troubled romantic geniuses like Hannibal Lecter, uh, some of the treatments of Ted Bundy that make them like the dark lord of our dreams, you know. Uh, Serial killers, Bundy included, are a lot more like Henry in this movie than Hannibal Lecter. Yeah. Uh, And for giving us that real look at it and exploring this uh, like it is in this movie, I'm going to give it four and a half stars. Four and a half. Four and a half. I think it deserves that. Like I said, it's not the kind of movie I would want to watch all the time, but it does what it sets out to do so perfectly, and the acting is so great, I'm going to give it four and a half stars. It's a near-perfect movie, in my my opinion. I think the only reason I can't give it five is because it's not the kind of movie I really want to watch, you know? It's, it's, uh, it just, it executes, (laughs) no pun intended, executes everything (laughs) so perfectly that I'll give it four and a half stars. Andy, you got me convinced because I wasn't going to come in with a solid four. I'm okay. going to go four and a half, too. Yeah, I, I think I, it deserves it. I'm in my 40s now, Yeah, and I think I just found one of my new favorite horror movies. Sure. Seriously. Sure. I mean, this movie is so good, and it. I think because of the content and because it didn't it didn't get that, that kind of big crescendo that all these other movies get, that, you know, all the love and, and anything else that... What McNaughton did with $100,000 in 30 days and three actors mm-hmm. is that that close to a masterpiece. Absolutely. You're, you're so right. It's, so, it's, I wouldn't watch it every single day. Nope. <laughs> but if I, if I had a feeling I wanted to go back and just you know get my horror movie fix, I well, would watch Absolutely. It. I think the more you watch this, the more you analyze it, the more you're going to really love it and, and really think about it as a, you know, the masterpiece that it is. Yes. Uh, because... It is. And when I was, you know, when I was 19, I first saw this movie. I just wasn't, I don't think I was capable of thinking that way. And I think, like like I said, I think I wanted something different on a movie. I didn't want to see uh, reality in a movie. And this is real, mm-hmm. you know. It really is. But but it's like you said, when you're a teenager, you know, it's not a maturity thing. It's, it's no. just, you know, you've got less of a palette for that realism. Whereas, well, exactly. you, know, and, you know, Freddy Krueger with a claw glove yeah. and the machete was awesome. But this, 
It was awesome. <laughs> this this was awesome, and uh, I think it did t- just take some maturity for me to uh, see that and understand it, and a little bit more uh, experience with the world, I guess, probably helps too. But mm-hmm. uh, I'm sure there's lots of 19 year olds who love this movie, and it, it was just, this is a, my personal feeling, you know, from when I was 19, just where I was at in life. But uh, uh, not saying anything about 19 year olds. I'm <laughs> sure there there are plenty who are mature enough and capable to, uh, of understanding the themes in this movie. But uh, I I think that's where it was for me uh and that's why i didn't like it initially but uh looking at it and and for what it is it really is close to a masterpiece for me too did sarah watch it with you oh yes uh-huh. what did she think oh uh, she liked it too she she thought it was a great movie oh, so man. yep well fantastic nicely d- done john mcnaughton uh hey don't forget we got episode 20 four episodes away from episode 20 our 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 podcast is now old enough to drive (laughs) almost right (laughs) uh we are looking for your suggestions uh for what movies andy and i should review uh Mm -hmm. one of them we already have cabin in the woods yep and then open grave yep i don't have the people's name but uh those two uh any other suggestions please tell us on facebook uh, leave us a comment and we will review the movie give us a synopsis of what you liked about it give us a score and uh we'll definitely put that in for episode 20 exactly so episode 17 i went to ma uh let's see was that two nights ago Mm -hmm. uh so we'll talk about ma next week movie with uh, octavia spencer in it yeah it was well, pretty good. Overall, was it pretty good? Yeah, it was pretty good. Okay. I'll tell you well, about I, it. I may have to go see it. Otherwise, yeah, you should I'm go actually, see it. I'm, I'm really excited about Shudder. You know, so, mm-hmm. since, we, <laughs> since we did this episode, I'm like, Man, oh, if you're a horror more. movie fan, I can't imagine if I'd have had this when I, when I was 19. It's all I would have done. I would have been so spoiled. <laughs> exactly. Because we had to go to Blockbuster Video. Yeah, we, we did. Yeah, exactly. We had to have our <laughs> friends do it that were old enough to rent already movies. <laughs> That's exactly right. I love uh, Shudder. Thank you, by the way. Yeah, one of my friends actually, who's a big horror influence i mean we always watched uh, horror movies once come on the show too so maybe we'll have him uh he really loves the shining and with uh you know the uh the uh, new uh sequel coming out maybe we can we'll have him on and talk about the shining but oh that'd uh, be fun but yeah Bring yeah so but we'll talk about ma next week and maybe some other things some and, other things uh, from shutter yep exactly <laughs> sounds right. good to me all right thanks for listening have a great right. week take it easy